But I feel like this guy, again, like, j you're, like, just trying to be a hater, or you're trying to show that, like, well, bro, you're so cool that this didn't scare you at all. Like, what a huge fucking dick you have, bro. What a guy. What a fucking man. Yeah, um, way to clap back. This, this didn't fucking scare me. Yeah, how about a, a scary movie that's, like, actually scary? Like, fuck off. Man, I'm, I'm keeping that as, like, a promo. That was incendiary come on it's like yeah it would have been cool if it was like actually scary you know which like horror movies actually need to be scary if they want to even be like a scary movie so like if something that even sparked a tiny bit of scary the movie would have definitely stolen the scary show but uh it was intriguing and it kept my attention throughout so i'm thinking about recording myself maybe doing some type of video podcast forum and then <laughs> hearing my thoughts on it and and then Making people listen oh, to it and then them dying in seven days. Full circle. The ring. What is up, Real Critics? It is Jose here, as always, and you're listening to Everyone's a Real Critic, the podcast, where John Wolf and I take a look at movies that have a 20% difference between the audience and the critic scores on Rotten Tomatoes. We give you the Real Critics thoughts on the movies, we break down some of the critic and audience reviews, wrap it all up with the overall real ranking, and just generally fuck around. But remember, at the end of the day... It doesn't really matter who's right because everyone's a real critic. So let's get into it, John, my friend, my homie, my brother, my co-host. How you doing today, Joseph Gibbles? I'm doing great, Barack Obama. I'm really glad, honestly, that you made the distinction that this is the podcast because I was really confused when I showed up today. So yeah. I appreciate you, um, as always, um, Why, all the time. Yeah. yeah, no, you're so you're there. You're you're helping hand. You're a guiding light amongst the fog. Always, I love that. Appreciate that. Hey, man. By the time people are listening to this podcast, you know what day it is. I do know what day it is, but remind me. Monday. It's also Halloween, which is nuts because I feel like October flew by, and we already did a podcast on Halloween. So what the hell are we gonna do today? We'll tell you in just a second. But it is always good to see you dressed up, especially uh, today on Halloween. You're looking quite stunning today. Why don't you let the people know what you're dressed up as? I am dressed up as a uh, mustachioed Chicagoan. Oh, wow. I like that. You have like, is that a sausage hanging out of your mouth? What do they call that? And no, I'm uh, just happy to brat. see you. You got a brat? Oh. <laughs> I mean, no one asked, but uh, I'm currently dressed as a, uh, a white, late 20s libtard. And that's what oh. I got going for me. Yeah, can you tell? I can tell. Yeah, I got some snowflake <laughs> stuff coming your way. Don't you worry. Yeah. Um, is, that, is that why you have that White Lives Matter uh, poster hanging behind you? Absolutely right. Yeah, the White Lives Matter uh, poster. It, I'm just going to turn around so I can see it. 
the White Lives Matter poster is actually hanging right next to all of the framed albums of Kanye West I have up right now. So, oh, we're huge Kanye West fans here. Huge Kanye West, and actually, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I what name is Yay? Yay, my bad. Yay, you know, Yay is what he goes by, but his friends call him Kanye. You know what I mean? Um. I actually was also about to have Liz Truss on uh, the podcast today, but she was a little wow. bit busy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she's got a lot going on now. This is unemployed. Um, it, Kanye West's friends may call him yay, but I like to call him an anti-Semite. <laughs> <laughs> That's one word for it. It's not as catchy when you say it like yeah. that. Bigot, you know, that works too. Well. Traitor. That one might be a bit much, but... Yeah, hey, we've all been there, right? Separate art from the artist. That's what they say. That's what my White Lives Matter poster said, like in small text. It says right under it. It says White Lives Matter. Separate the art from the artist. Yeah, we're actually going to replace all of the Neon Nightclub tunes with some R. Kelly bops because we separate the art from the artist. Yeah, Yeah. and yeah. And uh, I mean, like... I love the separate from the artist line because I will say Donald Trump was great, was exceptional in every movie he's been in. Oh, Home Alone 2. Home Alone 2. Great. He's fantastic. And his acting is is insane. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. You got to love it. Woody Allen. The Apprentice. Woody Allen is great. I, you know what? I was wondering if I, I was scrolling through and I know we're going to talk about it later, House of the Dragon, but I was scrolling through to see if there were like consulting producers on there. Cause I swear, I bet you Woody Allen had something to do with a lot yeah. of these scenes in House of Dragon. Whose idea do you think it was uh, for all the incest? It had to have been Woody Allen. It had to be Woody Allen. That's the only had person to. I can think of. I mean, he would be great at like writing it He's out. Very descriptive. Yeah. I mean, if anyone's yeah, exactly. an expert, yeah, because Epstein like is dead. So. Now say that we are joking. <laughs> any of this could be taken out of context. We do not like any of these people. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because you never know. You really don't. But you know what? We're not joking about. It's Halloween, buddy. I'm feeling like the top costume this year. If I had to put it on, you know, had to had to guess. Put my finger on the pulse of the world. I'm going to go Top Gun. I feel like there's going to be a lot of white dudes. Look, you could already go for it. Yep, mustache. Uh, I could not do that. Um, but I think that's going to be a hot costume this year. It's, it's a, I've seen you. You could grow some facial hair for sure. And you're more than I am. So you could just like run around playing volleyball. People would get it. Sure. I think I'm going to yeah. dress up this year is uh, Cousin Greg from Succession. Because I think I really, I think I could really rock that. They just wear like a sweater and some chinos or a suit or something and a really fake big watch and just be myself, you know, just kind of bumble around. Yeah. And but and it's being tall already, so it'd be, it'd yeah. be perfect. not freakishly yeah. tall, but tall enough. You know, Greg is freakishly tall. Smaller. Um, That's true. He is freakishly tall. I did yeah. something similar. Also a suit costume. I was I was Gomez for Halloween this year from the Adams family. And it was oh. fun. But I have another costume I really want to do, and it's the hot dog man from I Think You Should Leave. I'm just going to run out, at, run around places and be like, we're all trying to find the guy who did this. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get this thing back on track, huh? Let's uh, let's get this thing going back from door to door. A little trick or treat. We gave you a little trick there. Here's for the treats. Yeah, for seven minutes and already off the rails. <laughs> hey, that's what we do, baby. So as I mentioned, we covered Halloween, the movie, 
last time. Uh, but we're going to keep it spooky. We're going to keep it a little scary. And we're going to go with the American remake of the Japanese horror classic, The Ring, from the year of our Lord, 2002, which got a 71% <laughs> critic score and a 48% audience score. It's been a little while since we've done a movie, I feel like, that was loved by critics but not enjoyed by the audience. Am I crazy in thinking that? I feel like it's been a while. Yeah, I think it's. I think we've had the opposite happen, right? Yeah, it's usually the audience loves something and the critics think it's it's dumb. But uh, before we get into the ring, hold on tight to your horses and open up your, uh, your ear wells because we're getting into one of our favorite segments where we pitch to the people movies and TV shows that are really good or really bad in what you're watching. I do love this segment, John. How could you not? Good segment. It's just it's just fun to talk about what we've been watching and you know yeah. what's there's what's a got real us- I, I I think there's a real hunger, a real thirst, a real need for specifically what we are watching. Um, you know, I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen it pretty People much. Ask me all the time, Jose. What are you What are you watching? I have. What are you telling? I tell them today, Better Call Saul, Ooh. House of the Dragon, oh. Halloween Ends. Ooh, those are those are the what you watchings that I got for you today. Okay, and we may talk a little bit about each one. We may not. For what it's worth, these are all really good. They're what all a really tease. Good. What a tease. Well, I'm gonna name them, here. but I'm not gonna tell you about them. <laughs> <laughs> well. That's my judgment on these guys. I don't watch a lot of really bad. Do you, John? So I, I've thought about Unless this. Unless it's like really bad, but really fun. Right. Know? But I, I've actually thought about this is I need to lean in more to being open to all media, not just the good stuff. Because I, I do think it, it I mean, it, we're doing people an injustice by not telling them what's bad so that they can avoid it. You know what I mean? Like the terminal yeah. list. That was bad. That was really bad. Don't do it. Don't spend your time That's watching Chris it. Pratt, Amazon Prime one, right? Yeah. yeah. Love is Blind season three. Not on the list today, but really bad. Don't do it. The Wheel of Time series on Amazon Prime. Really bad. Really bad. And this is coming from a Wheel of Time fan. Yeah. I like the book. The series is awful. <sighs> See, so we, we, oh, yeah. we got a couple off the chest. We got a couple off the chest. Yeah. We just... I don't I want have, people to think we only talk about the good things in life, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, like sometimes, you know, like um, this is out there and, and I haven't watched this yet, but a lot of people have. It's called The Watcher on Netflix. And I've heard I've heard of this for me on Twitter because I heard that the ending is very unsatisfying. So um, you hate I don't that. know if that's true, but it makes me already not want to watch it, you know? Yeah, I I, doing that. I get that. And speaking of unsatisfying endings, uh, just talk to my wife. Um, Halloween ends. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween oh. ends, man. Talk about an unsatisfying ending. You know, we really yeah. 
evil dies tonight and then it just completely abandoned there was a lot that i liked about it though john what did you like about oh you know what that's fair there was a lot to like what did you like i i liked all of the um the Corey stuff Corey cunningham slowly falling into darkness i thought was super interesting but then that last act of the movie it just kind of they forget like i feel like it just needed to wrap it up and it forgot that jason was there so they just had to bring jason in at the very end even though the whole movie is leading up to like oh shit that's what i meant michael myers (laughs) (laughs) wow there goes my whole I, you can't trust me anymore. My opinion can't be trusted. No, I trust you. I trust you. I because I agree with you in that Corey. The Corey stuff was interesting. Um, you know, spoiler alert: we may accidentally spoil spoiler something. Alert. So if you want to watch Halloween ends before you do that, please go watch Halloween Kills um, on HBO and then listen to the accompanying podcast by yours truly everyone's a real critic uh jose and i broke that down and uh, you'll get to yeah we're an official companion podcast of that movie (laughs) um and then in halloween ends you can watch on peacock if you have peacock it is now streaming and uh we're not going to do a whole podcast on it but i thought Corey was interesting because i thought there was gonna they were gonna maybe dive into some kind of cult or something because towards the end there was some weirdness not just with him but other people and michael myers and i thought maybe there was going to be something there to see really how michael myers took 15 bullets in the last movie and a few stabs and continued to live through it um and in this movie he's just a normal dude and they completely kill him very easily yeah he's like an old guy again in this movie yeah i liked that because it almost felt like what the movie's really trying to do is be like there it's more than just michael myers it's like evil and like evil personified you know and this evil is spoiler alert again in the movie it seems like the evil is transferable and it's like leaving michael myers and going into Corey cunningham and they are like two of a kin you know and Corey is seems possessed by this evil uh because we do see his like degradation from him being like a normal kid who something absolutely foul happens to yeah and that puts his life like on a different path towards evil you know and i thought it was also interesting like where they take uh jamie lee curtis's grandma too and like how she's kind of also being tempted by this um but then all of that is just none of that has a satisfying conclusion in the film unfortunately uh, it has to once again, the movie has to be like, but what about Michael Myers? And so they bring Michael Myers in at the end to do the whole thing ag- again. It's the same ending, um, which is a bummer, but same ending as the first one. Whatever. It was still fun. Yeah. yeah. Same ending as all of them. Like, it's always a showdown. Again, oh, right. Michael Myers. And but there is an incredible shot at the very end when they break Michael Myers' oh, arm. Gross. Laughed at. <laughs> yeah, it was disgusting. <laughs> it was. It Evil was crazy. dies tonight. I, I was kind of bummed that the the streets kind of gave up on that pretty quickly. 
Yeah, uh, which was probably the most interesting thing that they brought up in the second movie. That, like, again, that the townspeople are infected by the evil, even though it's not really done well at all in Halloween Kills. No. Anyways, but, what do you think? Really good, really bad? That was it. I'm going to say... Well, that was tough. I'm going to go really bad. Tough. I'm going to go really, really bad. I think it started really good because of the unfortunate event that happened to Cor. Look, yeah. that kid flew off the banister. And I laughed audibly when he hit the ground like that. My was, jaw dropped. I was like, My oh. jaw dropped. I was like, whoa, man. And uh, the movie never recovered after that, unfortunately. No, it never, um, got it exactly. never really... It never kept that pace. It was a very interesting way to start it. But it was also kind of like, it reminded me of like that Ryan Gosling movie Drive, you know, like with the him and him and I forget her name, the whoever Jamie Lee Curtis's granddaughter is mm. like they have like this weird relationship where like she's not really sure that this guy is like hyper violent, you know, and like them on the on the motorcycles and stuff. It gave me that vibe. Um so there was a lot to like about it, but I agree with you. It it doesn't end well. So as a result, I'll give it a re- I'll give it a really bad. Even though I feel bad, I feel bad about that one. It's not it's not as clear. It's not as cut and dry as that. Look, that's what you got to be though. You got to be cut and dry. That's what the people need. Another one that um, I think I found less fulfilling was, and we'll talk about it really quick. But was the House of Dragon finale? Um, at this point, you should be caught up if that's something you're watching. You know, you're it's over okay a, if you haven't. You're over a week. Get a life, and by a life, <laughs> I not, mean I <laughs> don't stay inside and stream. Um, I thought it would. It was a good penultimate episode. I thought it set things up for a crazy finale. Um, so I'm really hopeful that season two is going to be exciting because there was a lot for me that was left to be desired i thought the strategy of sending your children out to do your bidding with literally no any kind of bartering literally just to walk into all these people's places and be like you promised clearly that was gonna go go poorly hello sir it's me the 14 year old lord I have a little dragon with me. Remember, a very small dragon. Grandma. Yeah, but I liked all that shit. <laughs> that I, was I, crazy. The oh, the scene in the thunderstorm and all that was wild. awesome. Some great like, content. When came that was that. happening, I was like, "This is what I wanted from yeah. this show." And it and for what it's worth, I think that this whole season's been great, and I liked the way that it ended because of because this whole season is has clearly been a setup to the war you know which which i'm into the dance of the dragons and um do you, you know think, what what, th- what kind of dancing do you think dragons time. do i fucking hate oh they they like to pirouette like um, crumping that's their favorite dance move oh. crumping some dragons depends on which dragon you ask um but i fucking hate the post episode explain-a-thon that they have i don't watch I'm, it I don't watch it either, but for the finale, I did just out of like sheer curiosity and to, I knew I was going to hate it, but 
fuck did I hate it? I was like, oh, why do they feel the, the need to explain everything? Like we watch the show. We watch the whole fucking show and you hold our hand. There's no reason to continue to hold my hand here. You know, like it, it's it's so dumb. I hate it. It's the worst. That's art, baby. No, it's not. Let, let the people think for themselves. No. No. Um, other shows. Uh, it, oh, go ahead. Finish I it up. Talk a little bit about House of the Dragon Finish finale. Um, I think this is the best of Game of Thrones. You know, this is what made Game of Thrones great, and they have found some way to funnel that. You know, I was thinking about this while watching this this episode. Like where Game of Thrones failed uh, was when it got too stretched out. There were too many storylines, too many people. And so they all felt like they were actually holding each other back because they couldn't time jump as much as this one. This was just about two families, right, against each other instead of like eight or ten. Um, now, yeah. I really appreciate it. I think that like the pacing of the show is a vast improvement to Game of Thrones. So I'm stoked for the next season. I unfortunately did spoil everything for myself because I went on a on a Targaryen Wikipedia page and read what happened to everybody. But uh, it's exciting. I'm still excited. So it's still going to be cool. I mean, imagine if you read the books. <laughs> There's no fucking way. Have you did seen you... how many? <laughs> it's a lot. And no pictures. Yeah. I'm out. No did pictures. you? What? You couldn't even draw a dragon for me? Right. <laughs> so dumb. And did you see that there uh, there's announced a, a spinoff? Did you see this? No. You didn't see this? No, what is it? It is a spinoff with the... Sorry, I'm pulling it up right now. Yep, George R.R. R. Martin confirms the Sea Snake spinoff prequel series is in development. Uh-huh. So now you can get a prequel to the prequel. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of which, have you watched Rings of Power? No, but you want to know what I have to say about that spinoff? Mm-hmm. What about yeah. Rings of Power? Uh, it's like a it's like a super prequel. That's the only reason I connected those dots. But also, the finale for that was sick. Still, I, I just can't get you drawn to it. it. Can't really get drawn good. to it. Really good. I'll think about it. But since we're dragging on here, a couple more. Really goods or really bads. Uh, really good. Abbott Elementary. If you need a little bit of a a lighthearted, you know, Parks and Rec office type show, pretty good. And uh, really unsure is Peripheral, brand new uh, by the makers <laughs> of Westworld. It is. Uh, it's like if it's what they tried to make Westworld, but they just made it into a different show instead. If that makes sense so far. What? Yeah. I've never it, even heard of. It it's like. Well, it's created by Jonathan Nolan. Yeah, yeah. What's the, the movie and the book where the guy is like in an, in a VR? Ready Player One. It's like if Ready Player One and Westworld had a kid. That's what the show is. Huh. Okay. But and not, I know I not good. That sounds interesting to me. That it's, that like it's okay. The concept is interesting, but we'll see where it goes from here. Because there's, I feel like Jonathan. No, I feel like the Nolans in general fall in the M. Night Shyamalan book where they just try and do too much to make the story seem more convoluted and smarter than it really is. And so it ends up becoming really complicated, but at the same time, really dumb because they end up creating more plot holes and confusion when they could just create something a lot simpler and more effective. 
Holy shit, John. I've been saying this forever. Not Inception, though. Inception? Yes, yes, yes. Just, just like Inception. Nah, that's no! No! That's the problem with Inception, what you just said. I'm pretty not sure I said the same thing. No, not at all. Inception is perfect. It's very easy. It's a dream within a dream within a dream. Okay? Yeah. You know, and you know how time works in a dream. And at the right? same time, Leonardo DiCaprio lost his, his life within the dreams and he's having difficulty coming out of the dream because he doesn't want to because the dream world is so much better i have a gunshot on my soundboard <laughs> all right i know i i know we're going long in the the what you're watching uh but you you teased us last week with something that you wanted to talk about it was a little more spooky um yeah 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 so this is an easy one. It's called Over the Garden Wall. It's on HBO Max. It's like a Cartoon Network show that came out, I don't know, like 2017. It's incredible. I love everything about it. It's like a spooky little charming ride through a mysterious land. And we're accompanied by a couple of characters that we endear ourselves to very quickly, very quickly and very deeply. And I think it's a must-see for the Halloween slash fall season. The music is incredible. The characters are great. It, each episode is only like 10 or 11 minutes long. So you can just breathe right through them. And I, I think that it's super efficient in, in, in its storytelling. And it's honestly one of my favorite things ever. I think everybody should watch this. Love it. And speaking of spooky fall, everyone should watch. Let's get into today's movie, The Ring. All right, let's go. Hell yeah. Right, let's get into the ring, buddy. The ring, man. So, uh, came out as we mentioned, two thousand two, a remake of a Japanese movie um, in nineteen ninety eight. Um, this was sort of the first four way for foray. <laughs> this is the yeah I'm first four way four way. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Who wouldn't nice. buy American cinema to kind of translate Japanese thrillers uh, to the mainstream in the United States. And uh, this was kind of like set light to the grudge, I believe. Um, yeah. The, was it the, the happening, the conjuring, one of the other ones? Um, the grudge is definitely one of them. The grudge for sure. It was like, it's crazy. It's like when Hollywood discovers that they can just like readapt something else. That's like all they do for the next five years unless you're uh marvel in which case they're like we're just gonna keep going forever forever and we will rule your life and you will love it and you will be addicted to it yeah, yeah. um it is honestly the addiction is real dude have you followed one, some of these people on twitter there's a couple guys on twitter that i'm like concerned for uh that follow the ring on twitter no, that follow like Marvel stuff. I'm like, oh. Ramos, are you okay, dude? <laughs> I mean, it's a lifestyle. It's not a phase. The um, so this movie, 
what's interesting about it is what's that that it's a lifestyle it's not a phase i mean it is yeah Uh, yeah. um (laughs) the movie directed by gore verbinski who a lot of people if you aren't familiar so he did the ring but he also directed the pirates of the caribbean movies the first three and he also directed the movie rango have you ever seen rango it's like an animated movie about a lizard johnny depp it's actually pretty good oh we don't support abusers at earc just like we stated in the beginning alleged abusers right johnny depp oh true oh fuck yeah i don't know actually i actually don't know what happened with all that i I muted Depp and Amber Heard on Twitter, so I would not. Somebody message me and tell me what happened with that trial. <laughs> like, Cliff, Cliff notes. notes. I, whose side am I supposed to be on? <laughs> Maybe it'll be in the What You're Watching segment next week. We'll let you know if it's really good or really bad. Early projection, really bad. Making like a uh, Amber Heard, Johnny Depp trial movie or series. Oh, we'll have to see what it got on the Rotten Tomatoes. Capitalize on all of that shit. Oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Nothing is sacred. Nothing is sacred. Nor should it be. The What's also crazy about this movie is this producer team right here, Walter F. Parks and Laurie McDonald. I don't want to... I didn't have enough time to do a ton of research, but quick research says that they work on a lot of projects together and they're in a lot of photos together, so they may be really good friends or possibly partners, which is uh makes sense when you look at everything they've produced they've produced almost every other movie in hollywood so there was the person we had on uh like a month ago who produced every movie and then they're, these, uh, these they're people married do, they're married that makes sense they do every other movie that that person didn't do before um and then it seems that they often team up with the writers here, Aaron Kruger and Scott Frank. So they're like a traveling team. They just have like a company. They're just like a production company putting shit out. I think so. And I kind of like that. I kind of like if you have a team of people that kind of can tell a story, can work together, you know what you're going to get. Evan Goldberg, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that better than trying to pickpocket certain people that have to find chemistry and come together on a project. So Yeah. So what are some movies that they produce? Just throw a movie out and I guarantee they've done it. Okay, how about The Ring? <laughs> they've done that. Yep. Yep. I want to say they've done Zorro. Um, it looks like they've done uh, Men in Black. Yep. Glad Men in Black. Catch Me If You Can. Yep. Save Zorro and many, many others. Together, the films that they've produced or executive produced together have grossed over $6 billion. That's wild. Hot damn. That's probably why they're on so many. That's crazy. That's probably yeah. Also worth noting, they had the original writer for uh, the, the original ring, uh, Koji Suzuki, in here as well. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, okay, cool. I was going to watch that, too, but I didn't have time. The original one? I don't even know where to find it. I tried looking for it. It didn't look hard, though. You find it, for sure. So, like, what were your first thoughts going into this, John? Like, had you ever watched <laughs> this movie, to, like, before? Or... First this thoughts. Came in 2002, so we were, like, nine. Yeah. 
So I probably yeah. went to the theater to see it. Um, no shit, really? No. There's no, no way your parents would have taken you to see this shit. No, I went by myself. <laughs> I took the car, <laughs> drove over. Yeah, you hailed a taxi. You're yeah. Aiden, basically. You're no, like I Aiden. just took the car. Hold yeah, you take care of yourself. Yeah, yeah. Grabbed a sixer. Walked I'm in actually the theater. surprised that Aiden didn't just like get it, just drive himself to school in this movie. Aiden's kind of. I, I don't want to recklessly speculate, but I'm going to recklessly speculate. That dude's going to be a serial goes. killer. He's definitely going to be a serial I mean, killer. The way the bags under his eyes look like he has... He like, doesn't he sleep either. With debt, he's just like has all these adult problems because he doesn't look like he sleeps. He probably drinks coffee in the morning. <laughs> he's like 10 years old. <laughs> he's got 40 to life on his face for sure. Yeah, um, I'm aware and if like in that scene when he's making him his lunch he like pours a cup of coffee for himself and and then make, splashes some jim beam in there too yeah. exactly. gotta make it go easy cigarette. <laughs> um my first thoughts honestly i thought when i booted this up that it was the grudge because i think i've seen i had seen both movies previous to this but i got them confused because am I crazy that the storyline is pretty similar in both? But I I remembered watching this movie and, and my first thoughts were, what is this about? Because I don't understand why a TV is involved. I think I also thought maybe it was a, a sequel to the poltergeist of the kids sort of coming from the TV. And I was just, I really didn't, uh, I'd definitely seen the movie before, but I couldn't remember. Poltergeist, this is a good point. Like with her little hands, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I'd never watched this movie in its entirety, but it definitely had like a profound effect on like the zeitgeist in two thousand two. We were like, yeah, like I said, like nine years old when this came out, and I didn't grow up in a censored household. But horror movies were not something that like my family was interested in. It was definitely been like an interest that I've been actively cultivating as an adult. Um, so there's no way I watched this when I was a kid. And yet, like some of the scenes were very familiar already, you know, because it was such a big hit in 2002 that I remember seeing like parodies of it and like references to it, um, specifically in like, did you ever see Scary Movie three yeah. and a half? Yeah. Scary Movie With for Alan sure. Anderson and Jenny yeah. McCartney. Yeah. They, they, they reference this a lot. They reference the grudge. And it's crazy because I've never watched those movies and I haven't yet. I've never seen The Grudge. Um, so like those references were like totally lost on me when I was a kid. But I must have seen like Scary Movie three and three and a half like a dozen times, you know. So I was excited to see what the hype was about. Like, you know, I wanted to I was excited to get into this just because it did have an effect on me growing up, even though it wasn't a direct effect, you know. Yeah, and the critics it was, gave it a pretty good score for a horror movie. A seventy-one percent from critics. Yeah, that's pretty exceptional. So that's, I mean, critics I, are pretty hard on horror movies. Yeah, audiences alike. It's tough to find one that is is ranked high. There are a couple that have come out lately, but especially back in the day, I feel like when, as you mentioned, the zeitgeist. But the a lot of these movies were just slasher heavy, and, and this one. You know, we'll talk about it. it. Takes a different take on everything. And you but... can still kind of see 
the influence of like those early slasher horror movies in the ring in that like it has to start with two girls and they're dressed in like schoolgirl outfits yeah. and they're the first ones to die you know like that's that influence is still there um and they're talking about you boys. know talking about sex and boys yeah so it's like I feel it's like in the American culture where it's just like we're conservative still. <laughs> this is where I wish we had, um, you know, an altering opinion outside of ours, a woman's opinion here, because I've never been to an all women sleepover before. But I find it I, I like there's no way it's like that. Right. Yeah. No. Cause guys, I mean, guys, like, sleepovers yeah. are like that, but there's no way to go. Uh, I didn't, I didn't see any of that. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> now that's like also like in the beginning of a horror movie. There's like a kid like climbing onto a branch or something to like peer into somebody's window, which is fucking wild that anybody would do that. But in, in, in it was played for like laughs and totally normal back in the day, which is just bizarre to me. Um. But no, yeah, you're right. And guys sleepovers, like, what do you do? You play X. I mean, we would play Xbox and and talk watch, about boys. Yeah. And light our farts on fire and jerk each other off. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. What? Yeah. Did we? God. You know, dumb shit like that. I think I we remember. did once. No, I remember the like where we would line up kind of sitting down everyone and then we would do the massage lines that was nice i remember that oh yeah and then we would break like each jerk off onto a dorito and then somebody had to eat it what <laughs> <laughs> for what it's worth we should also probably a disclaimer that none disclaimer of those things that, happened yeah. um ever yeah we yeah. definitely did play xbox though <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that for sure <laughs> Okay, real rundown. Let's get to it. Real friends. Oh, man. Where do I begin? Well, I'll tell you. One right second. at the beginning would be nice. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, we kind of talked about the beginning, but I'll start there. We open in a green hue. That's the other thing. This entire movie was like Matrix hue. Threw me off. I kind of liked it. We open in a green hue lit bedroom where two teenage girls are watching TV when one of the girls brings up the idea of watching a videotape that kills you. Supposedly, after you watch the tape, the phone rings and seven days later, you die. That's when the other girl teases that she saw the videotape last week and had sex with her boyfriend. Because if we know anything about horror movies, it's that when you have (laughs) extramarital sex, you die. And then the phone rings. It's just mom, though. But then that's when the TV turns itself on in the house, leading to flooding of an upstairs bathroom and the death of one of the teenage girls. Totally disformed face. The other one we found out later goes to a uh, mental institution. Yeah. Yeah. So now in the present, I guess, like, I guess it was a flashback. The present. Yeah. The modern day. Back in the modern 2002 <laughs> what a life uh rachel keller played by naomi watts is late to pick up her kid aiden who is uh he's something special she's late to pick him up from school uh and he is struggling with the recent death of his cousin so we find out that aiden and rachel's niece was the one that um had sex with her boyfriend thus died uh his teacher is concerned about his drawings of his cousin drowning in a bathtub a week before his cousin was murdered Aiden is that is what it, was? it looked like she was like underground. Regardless, there was somebody dead in the video in the, in the drawings, and 
Yeah, I love that though. How she's just like, these are from last week. Yeah, she <gasps> really buried the lead in that. She wasn't like, hey, last week Aiden was drawing these. She was like, these drawings that Aiden did. Because you had to set up for her being like, his cousin just died three days ago. Yeah, is what true. they said. like. Really? Well, these drawings are from last week. Boom! Terrible mom alert. Um. So Why that means had- Aiden call his mom Rachel. Because he's a 40-year-old. I think they originally <laughs> yeah, casted like this role to be, Yeah, I think they originally casted this role to be like a grown-up brother or something. And then they couldn't find a grown-up to play this role. So they just cast a nine-year-old instead. They forgot to control F. <laughs> All the dialogue. <laughs> um at the funeral, Rachel's sister, desperate to find out what happened to her daughter, asked Rachel to help figure it out because, quote, asking questions, end quote, is what Rachel does. She's a private investigator or a, a private investigator that works for P.I. Yes, P.I. magazine. Her yeah, first detective nice. move, Rachel's first detective move is to smoke cigs with teenagers. And that's where she learns from <laughs> from Kellen. Kind of like, the, did you? I like how Naomi Watts was just like detective. Hey guys, what's up? Hey, wow, yeah. she was kind of like the girl from Mean Girls. What's the four one one? What is happening? <laughs> Hello, like, fellow teenagers. <laughs> yeah, I'm cool. I'm hip. <laughs> so she finds out um, that. Katie, the young girl that died, had a boyfriend, the one that she had sex with, also died on the same night. Secret boyfriend. Secret boyfriend, right. So, And back in Katie's room, Rachel finds another clue, a scrapbook with people's faces scratched out and pen in a receipt for a photo lab. Following her detective instincts, Rachel walks out of the photo studio holding photos of Katie and friends whose faces are disturbingly distorted. At home, Rachel sifts her newspaper obituaries, as one would do, to find uh, that everyone in Katie's photos with the weird faces died on the same day, at the same time, 10, 10 a.m., same day. They all went to the same high school, and nobody else was like, whoa, weird, four teenagers all died on the same day, nope. except Rachel. Because that's what teens do, baby, teenager stuff. Rachel decides to head to the cabin in the woods where the kids uh, went to uh, hang out, essentially. Um, and she runs into the cabin manager, who is also an amateur magician. She questions him briefly before spotting a blank videotape on the shelf and decides to rent a cabin and check it out herself. We watch the creepy video for the first time with Rachel. And of course, as soon as it finishes, the phone rings. And on the other end is a little girl that whispers, seven days, day one. Yeah. And dude, that scene is shot so well. Yeah. It's very cool. Yeah. Very cool. With like the sun setting and there's red. It's very like Dario Argento. Like very like school horror cinema. I was gonna say the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen Suspiria, by the way? It's not good. Suspiria. Um, day one. Yeah, I was talking about the Rihanna song. (laughs) So day one, first things first, Aiden takes care of himself because he is a 40-year-old living in a nine-year-old body, while Rachel tries to figure out this tape. Her face and the photos are distorted, just like Katie and the other kids. So she does what any good friend would do and shows her friend Noah, 
Martin Henderson, the tape that will kill him in seven days. Noah's unfazed, but promises that he'll help find out what happened and where the tape came from. He asks for a copy to further inspect. In trying to make a copy for Noah, Rachel notices that the machines start glitching, and there's something weird about this fly that's in the video. Day two. Noah Noah hits us with some technical jargon. Also, this is apparently in 2002, there's just rooms that are full of like analog video equipment. There still is in news studios for sure. Crazy to think that that was only like 20 years ago. And dude, not even. I don't want to brag, but when I had one of my first internships that was at a sports slash cable organization, my job was to log certain things and it would be from analog to digital. And so those big analog things still. But you existed. did have like big, like. <laughs> Clicking yeah. all the buttons. Yeah. It makes it seem so much more fun to edit, even though it's probably so much more work. It's not fun. Um, shout out <laughs> to anyone else who had to do that and love life. So day two, Noah hits us with some technical jargon about how since the copy of the tape doesn't have any numbers, theoretically, there shouldn't be any images, which would be like being born without fingerprints. They also break down the yeah, tape. I didn't wonder- understand anything he was saying there. So I was actually appreciative when he was like, this is the only time in a movie where I felt like it was it made sense for Naomi Watts's character to be like, hey, can you pretend for a second like I don't read Video Geek magazine? And, he, and then he explains it. I was like, OK, cool. I had no clue what he was talking about. I feel like they made that up. I don't know if any of that is actually true. They just tried to hit us with big words. Who knows? So they break down the tape and wonder how you can't find the camera in the mirrors. <laughs> And find that when they stretch the tape, there's more in the picture, but they stretch it too far and it breaks. Noah's assistant slash girlfriend walks in and out goes Rachel, who we find out had a thing with Noah. Day three. We catch back up with Becca from the beginning of the movie, the girl that didn't die. Rachel decides to question her about the night Katie died, but Becca is strung out. Keep in mind, this is. I guess if we're going by the timeline of this movie, this is about, it's less than a week after uh, her friend was weirdly killed. And so she's now getting questioned about a recent trauma. You're right. It's been like six days or something. Yeah. And she's in a mental institution, which is a, a big change from going to high school and living at home with your friends and your parents. And then this crazy lady comes asking you questions about how your friend died. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and, but you see her walking there and there's like a room with people watching tv and she's like oh a tv you know like is this movie anti-tv so rachel heads back to some tv station where she does more editing and finds a lighthouse on the tape and is able to pull the fly the weird fly she had a suspicion about before she pulls the fly out of the screen and then her nose bleeds day four Rachel does research on the lighthouse that she saw on the tape. She goes to a library and asks for books that have lighthouses. It was a different time in 2002. Out of all of the lighthouses in the world, she's able to nail it down pretty quick and figures out that there's a lighthouse on Moesco Island. In this research montage, she also finds out that the woman in the tape is Anna Morgan, who ran a horse farm where the horses kept dying because of drowning themselves. And Anna also uh, committed suicide. Great times. Day five. Rachel calls her sister and asks her to watch Aiden, 
But as she grabs a glass of water, she begins to choke and eventually pulls out a long strand, some kind of medical device from her throat, like the ones they put on your chest for EKGs. Walking into Aiden's room, she is met by a little girl in a chair who forcefully grabs her wrists and uh, brings her into a vision where Rachel sees herself in a medical institution. Upon waking up from that nightmare, she runs to find Aiden just finishing watching the tape, the bad tape. The phone rings. Rachel slams it. And then it rings again. It's Noah. And she screams, telling him that their son has watched the tape. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Day six. Noah and Aiden have an awkward encounter where Aiden seems to be consoling Noah through a therapy session on absent fatherhood. Aiden is the adult in this relationship. It's so weird. They drop Aiden off at Ruth and Noah's and Rachel split up because Rachel has only one more day to live. Noah goes on to learn more about Anna. Rachel goes to the farm. Rachel angers a devil horse by pulling a boomer Karen move by sticking her fingers into the cage, which leads into the horse just going bonkers, breaking wild, breaking out of this container. And then it just, they're on a ship. So then it jumps overboard off the ship and kills itself. And all of the people on the ship watch this happen. Very traumatic, very scary, very sad. Sad for the horses surprised PETA didn't come in in this movie and write them off, cancel them. They should. PETA, if you're listening, go back, watch the ring, cancel it. Meanwhile, Noah leads to the mental, uh, Noah heads to the mental hospital where he learns Anna Morgan was having a lot of sex. At Anna Morgan's old house, Rachel comes across Mr. Morgan, played by Brian Cox, who is not happy that Rachel knows about the tape. Meanwhile, Aiden is nonstop drawing large black circles on a piece of paper. Rachel meets up with a local island doctor who informs Rachel that the Morgans adopted a girl, Samara. And soon after, Anna started having hallucinations and the horses got sick. Noah impersonates Mr. Morgan to get into the medical archives when he finds there's a missing tape last checked out by Mr. Morgan. Rachel finds the old videotape of Samara at the Morgan house. We learn that Samara has creepy powers and that she loved her mom, but her dad didn't love her. So in retaliation, Samara killed her dad's love, the horses, by sending them into the ocean to drown themselves. Mr. Morgan walks in on Rachel and whacks her in the head after the video ends. And we see that Mr. Morgan has gone above and beyond to rig his bathtub as a death trap. So many wires, so many like wouldn't a toaster just do it? <laughs> yeah, you would think, but he has multiple generators, a lot of cables. He's going for it. Noah shows up to quickly console Rachel as they head to the barn and discover that Samara was being held in a loft above the horses, and they find a tree burned into the wood of the barn behind some wallpaper. Rachel recognizes it immediately as the tree at Shelter Mountain. I love that she recognizes it after seeing it burned in the wood, but not uh, when she watched the video the first time or the second time or yeah. the third time. Even though she had just seen it. Ooh, that was a long day, day six. So we head into day seven, the final, uh, second to last day. <laughs> guess, at the cabin in Shelter Mountain, the couple find themselves at a loss, back where they started and in a fit of rage. Noah knocks some marbles onto the ground where they find a well under the baseboards. As Noah and Rachel are looking in the well, they notice that the nails and screws in the house are all coming undone, which loses a rogue TV. Oh, which loosens a rogue TV to slide down towards the well and knocks Rachel into the black death. Depths. This was so funny. That was crazy. Noah, totally fine, goes to find some help. 
And the well closes itself on Rachel, the lid creating an image of the ring. We finally see it. Yeah. Samara reaches from under the water, grabs Rachel's arm, and we're taken back to the origin of Samara, who was betrayed by her mother pretty badly and thrown into the well, locked in there. <laughs> Samara's body floats to the surface where Rachel brings it out of the well to be buried, believing that her freedom and peace will break the curse. And so far, so good. Rachel's still alive. So it's, uh, it's, like it's it must working. be over. It must be over. The next morning, Rachel lives, and Aiden wants to know why she helps Samara get free because she never sleeps. Realizing I don't really understand what he meant by that. Me neither. I didn't really get him. He's, he's on a different level than all of us, though. Um, he's he's seeing some crazy shit. Like he's, yeah. Yeah. He's so realizing it, it, isn't over. Rachel runs into Noah's place where Samara is already crawling out of the TV screen, literally crawling out of the TV screen and promptly kills him. Rachel's it too late. Very cool. It was interesting. Uh, Rachel's too late to save uh, him. Now back home in a rage, she burns the tape and fire and asks herself why she was spared. What did I do that he didn't? She asked before remembering that she made a copy. She passed the curse along and was spared. So she made Aiden make a copy and start the world's worst pyramid scheme, keep the tape alive, and show it to as many people as possible. The end. Yeah. So I think, like, they can just... They, I, if I were them, I would just go put the tape somewhere random, you know, and let the next person get it. But I don't think I would purposefully, like, give it away. You know? No. Dude, and the movie opens with uh the two girls talking about like my like the microwaves that are in the atmosphere yeah. and that they're rotting our brains yeah and then the whole movie is basically about like a killer like watching t this watching tv will kill you yeah <laughs> so i was like is this, is this movie anti-tv i think it was a social commentary on how technology is going to kill us uh-huh. before you know it man there's seven no days stopping. there's no stopping it you know, you can't because it never sleeps. The TV never sleeps. That's true. There's and there's that scene where like I I forget. I think it's Rachel. She looks out of her window and into everybody like the per, the building across from her and everybody is watching TV. Mm-hmm. You know? So I was like, oh, OK, I think this is trying to say something very subtle. It's not even being that subtle about it, honestly, but no. Not at all. And so if after this were made today, <clears throat> I wrote that? this down. If this movie were made today, it would be about a killer TikTok. <laughs> yes, it would. <laughs> if you watch this video on TikTok, you're gonna die in seven days. Oh my gosh, yeah. can you imagine how bad you like accidentally scroll to it? Yeah, yeah. It would just somebody would just be like, keep scrolling. <laughs> <laughs> It's Naomi Watts. You're going to die in seven days. So another thought I had about this while I was watching this in the beginning was, is this where like those email chains and like MySpace bulletin boards came from? That they're like, oh, if you open this email, you're going to die in 30 days or whatever. Send this to 10 of your friends (laughs) to keep from dying in 30 days. Like, I don't know if it started because of this. Because, but this came before that, I think. I think so. I think it's. I think it's all tied. In. The essential oils, isogenics, all of this, all tied into. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, the the ring did more harm to our culture than it helped. Is the biggest irony in its anti-TV message. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> well, so after the the opening and the setup here, and uh, we kind of meet Aiden and most of the characters, I would say, for, for the first time. What did you kind of think meeting these characters? For the first time like what how did you think it would unfold with these types of characters you mean with like rachel and aiden yeah because i thought when i first met aiden i thought he was going to be some kind of weird paranormal link to right, something. it is it, and it kind of like, was but he wasn't yeah it seems like during this time they like were really obsessed with creepy children you know like the kids had to be creepy too because I imagine Sixth Sense probably came out around this time. And there's like other examples of creepy little kids. Uh, so I think that's who he was. Just He was just playing that trope. You know, like that's who his character was in this. The Haley uh, Joel Osmond uh, trope. Yeah. Of creepy little exactly. kid. Of creepy little kid. Um, so I was thinking like, okay, so he's good because he looks creepy. They did like as soon as you see him, like the kid looks troubled. With he straight up has bags under his eyes, like he he look he's good, he's well cast. And uh, <laughs> where can we find the most tired looking child? Mm-hmm. I want a kid that looks like he's emaciated. <laughs> <laughs> no, too healthy. Next, yeah, <laughs> next. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but then I thought Naomi Watts was was really good in this. Her performance was awesome too. I thought she was believable. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I thought she was good. I think, you know, it, it probably a pretty tough movie to act in because she pretty much it was just her for yeah uh, maybe yeah, a, a little bit more than half of the movie. It was just her the TV screen. Yeah, yeah. So good for her. And then how did you? I guess good you kind scream. Of, she gives us some good screams too. She does. You gotta be a scream queen. You gotta be. You gotta be a great show back in the day. Scream queen. I don't know if they still do it. Never saw it. Me neither. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> yeah. when we get to the cabin in the woods, uh huh. The this is where we sort of see the movie for the first time. Do you miss extremely obvious product placement? That's what I want to know. What did you notice when? our magician guy is this your card is this your card and she's like you know what i'll pay for the night and she slaps down an american express american express and then they like make sure to focus just on the american express card and he might have even said something like whoa five times the miles (laughs) (laughs) it reminds me of that scene in batman forever or is it batman and robin have you do you remember that movie? Oh yeah. So there's Both a scene them. where they are auctioning off like a night with poison ivy or something, which is already insane. And Batman pulls out his bat card. Yeah. <laughs> He's got, like a Batman themed express card. It's so fucking funny. And it says valid through forever. <laughs> so my brain oh, is yeah. broken whenever I see somebody pull out a credit card on in a movie. That's what I immediately think. Um, Fair enough. But yeah, obvious product placement. To be honest, it went right 
it passed right by me. I didn't notice it was an Amex card. Because you just... are, you're the problem, man. You're the, you didn't mm-hmm. even notice it's an ad. You're like wrong. a child. Like, in Halloween, in Halloween Kills, they're all holding like Budweiser's. And like yeah. the, the Budweiser is always like right in front, you know? I think it's worse now. Honestly. Yeah. I, and then it, what was crazy is there was a guy, he was like, well, you know, Miller Lite's only one more calorie. And then some guy was like, shut up. I like my Budweiser for the taste, bitch. It was weird. Bit? Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe you're right. Maybe product placement is is uh, even worse now. What did you think about when she finally sat down and watched a video? And we see the video for the first time. This is when I was like, ooh, this is shot very well. I I love the lighting in this scene and like the cinematography in general for this scene of her watching and I thought it was done super well and I feel like this is when like it I my interest was peaked I was like now I'm in now I'm into this movie because before this it's very cookie cutter cold open you know and and stuff like that but when we're shot that I'm like oh okay there's style here which I was into yeah, I agree. I kind of liked it. I I wanted to know what it meant. I was like, what does any of this my mean? Note, verbatim, my note when I was watching this says, yo, this shit looks good. <laughs> it did. It was cool. I just wanted to know what it meant. And I don't think we ever figure it out too much. Other than the items that were in the movie are kind of placed throughout or the items in the tape to find every single fucking shot of the movie right. in her investigation yeah. which i like that too she like looks up at the at the window and it's the same window and it's i i liked that maybe it's because you know the the pieces were falling into place um but i was i really enjoyed the the pacing of this movie too <laughs> like i was into it and i watched this john at 1 a.m. last night Whoa. And I stayed up the whole two-hour movie. Wow, that's dedication. I agree about the pacing. I think up until day six, the pacing is pretty good. And then day six, yeah. we kind of... It's moving quickly. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it moves it's quickly. day six when the research montage happens? No, that's day four. That's day... Yeah. So day six is when she goes to the farm, the island. But before we get to the that's island... Right. Before we I agree. The pacing there kind of slowed down a little bit. I want a couple questions, and uh, I think let's get to day day one. Quick question: Would I think you kind of already answered it? But like, would you ever show this tape to anyone, knowing it would kill them? Well, I don't know that it would kill them. You know, like you don't really know that yet. If you told me this tape is going to kill you in seven days, like I wouldn't believe you. You know, so what if you yeah, got a phone call from a creepy little girl? I'd be like, yo, dude, this dude fucking showed me this crazy tape. He says it's going to kill in seven days. You want to watch it? Hell yeah. I would definitely unknowingly show someone this tape because it's also cool. It reminded me, like, it was very Unshen on the Lou, you know, that Dali movie where it's just like disturbing images. It's like a, it's like a goat eye getting cut the same thing like in this one it's her finger getting fucking sliced and uh just like yeah weird shit i liked it okay. <laughs> i like dude it. you should but check no, out this sick indie film that i just saw 
My buddy liked it so much, he died in the next week. <laughs> yeah, somebody will call you in seven days. So those kids never come back. No, I thought Kellen? that like no. Kellen would come back because he looks what's that guy's name? What? The, I don't know. The guy from the OC is just like, it's gonna kill you. It'll kill you in seven days. You know, she's like, What did you watch it? And he's like, No, I'm still alive, aren't I? <laughs> he just seemed so like convinced that it would kill you. And then he never I thought he was gonna come back into the movie. There was a lot of those points. I think like so in in day three, when Rachel goes to the mental institution to talk to Becca, there was like nothing really there in that whole scene. It didn't really do much no. for for the plot. And Just, to your point, I thought there there could have been some there. Because like if I was investigating this tape, Becca's probably the first person I would have gone to to be like, what the hell happened? You know. Um, Instead, it kind of serves for her to be creepy and unresponsive, just to just to like up the whole creepy stakes of the movie. I kind of like the conversation if we were the detectives on this case, what we would do differently. I like that for another time. He's way better at detecting stuff than me. I'm I'm a complete idiot. Do you think that I would have gone to the library and checked out a book on every lighthouse in America? <laughs> And compared it to this grainy ass photo. Like what are the chances that that lighthouse was taken from like the photo that was taken from that angle and not the one not not from anywhere else, you know, it's pretty convenient. I also I think if it were today, I literally would have been I would have gone to my computer and then just typed in lighthouses on Google just would have been like what's crazy to me too, John, is that in 2002, people loved printing shit. Yeah, fuck the trees. <laughs> he prints everything and like creates the most like honestly it's like a, a solid ring bible. Like she just has a little scrapbook full of all the information she needs that she carries around with her afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what was that? I uh, page uh, page 54. Yeah. 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 Um, what was that about the horses drowning themselves? <laughs> Oh my the God. horse we'll, literally just jumped off a fucking boat. Let's let's get there in one sec. The fly. Did you understand the fly? Like how? She, what was nah, the I point mean, of her peeling it out of the TV? I just again, I think it serves to just create more like atmosphere. It becomes more tense, more creepy, you know. And it also ser- it alludes to things coming out of t- the TV that like. The ring lady can walk out of the TV. That's how I took that. Okay. Ring lady. The ring lady. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The the RL. So, you know, I got an FF. I got a fun fact. Hit me. Why? Fun fact for you. Yeah. So, the chick that plays Samara is the voice of Lilo from Lilo and Stitch. Really? How about that? This was her big break, huh? I don't know. They both came out like in the same year, Lilo and Stitch and The Ring. She doesn't so do too much talking in this one. No, no, but she kind of has that scene where, yeah, like she's in the vi- like the videotape that Noah is looking for that conveniently Rachel finds at Morgan's house. Um, she does have like little bits of exposition, but they don't do a lot to explain. I felt um, 
like what Samara's power what, what her old what was her deal? What, what was your deal, Samara? Yeah, what are your vibe? What's your sign, girl? Like, why are on? you you? Yeah, what, you know? what is her sign? She's totally a Scorpio. I was so, gonna say the same thing. Yeah. So Scorpio. Scorpio sun, totally Scorpio sun. Cancer moon. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is a Samantha if you know, she was you know in Sex in the City. Isn't, uh in right now. Kazimi. Isn't. This is, yeah. Venus is in Serena right now. Okay. So stars are all fucked up they really are i knew that because when i woke up this morning yesterday actually i just fell off and i was like you know what venus has to be in the well, I'll tell you, why. you yeah you felt off because your jupiter was in gatorade mm. Mm. knew that damn you're good you are good <laughs> yeah. dude don't even don't even i'll take i'll get on my tarot's right now get him out Read, you know, read I mean, me. You know, it's actually pronounced tarots. People say it wrong. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you don't say caro, right? You say car- carrot. So Carrots. those are the best vegetables. Yeah. So wait, no, I want. Why don't you read me right now? It's yeah. Halloween. Hold on, let me get my palms out. All right. Mm-hmm. You're ringing me right here through the through the Zoom okay, screen. I'm pulling. I'm pulling out my cards here. Holy oh, shit, John! God. Glad it was your cards. Jeez, thought you were pulling something else out. What'd you say? Sorry. John, yeah, pulled the death card and the TV card. It looks like you're gonna die in seven days. Damn it, that yeah. sucks. You know, you know the TV card. Hey, the- yeah, the damn TV card. It always, you know, that's not the first time I've gotten the TV card too. First time I've gotten the death card, which doesn't always mean you're gonna die. It could just mean. No. A new beginning, you know, the death of one phase, the birth of another phase, depending on birth how you look at it. Definitely. Yeah. No. Yeah, put your glasses on. Um, <laughs> so uh, one of the things that I feel like was kind of, I appreciated how it unfolded, was Noah being Aiden's father. Like the way that yeah. they acknowledged it. Like there was some some tension there, and then it was just kind of blurted out. Well, your kid yeah. is gonna die, you know, classic move. Right? I I was like, I genuinely didn't really see that coming because I was also thinking like, is Rachel his mom? Because why is he calling him? Why is he calling her Rachel? <laughs> Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you call your mom by her first name? No, I, I call her Big Mama. Um. So- <laughs> <laughs> so day six is kind of when this movie really it it, it it hits a screeching halt in day six i'll say it we're kind of moving we're not this is the climax right yeah this is the climax but it's also at this point i don't know if this was for you so we were kind of moving through things at a pretty solid pace and then when we got to day six of the movie i kind of because it was moving a little bit slower i was able to take a step back and kind of be like did we actually learn anything in the first five days? I feel like she did a good job, but like you said, the pieces were falling in place, but I didn't feel like I knew anymore about what was happening. I was was still a huge mystery. Like, what is she going to (laughs) do? Yeah. Same. Yeah. It was like, she was, there was no resolution. There was no why she just sort of was finding her way to the source. 
And so I found, I continued to find that uneasy for sure. Mm -hmm. I understand for sure. Cause I, cause at this point, this is why I like this though. Like I didn't really know where we were going, what was going to happen. It was hard for me to predict, which was refreshing. Um, Yeah. And it, it was like, and also like, she's got a lot of the pieces. I don't know how, how they're going to fit together. Um, and Noah is now involved and I'm like, okay, we got, we got moving pieces, but then when they act actively start like moving through this, you know, like act, it feels like it's a little slower because we meet newer character. We meet Morgan, we meet the doctor, you know, like there's other characters that are kind of slowing this down and not providing a lot of answers. So it's yeah there's like very little information still until and then they reach the cabin and the characters feel it too they're like what the fuck do we do now yeah yeah exactly (laughs) it's it was like it was literally when they felt like they were starting over in the movie it kind of felt like that as a viewer too all of that and nothing we're back where we started it was just kind of you know but isn't that kind of effective because i thought so your journey of the movie and we're and we're there you know yeah i think so i think so this is also the part of the movie you mentioned it before with the horses and i had no idea what the point of the horses was at all yeah um so she told the horses to kill themselves in the rundown you said that she told the horses to kill themselves because the dad her dad wouldn't love her no, so something they kind of mentioned this in the movie is that because Samara felt that her dad didn't love her, she wanted to kill what her dad loved most, which was the horses. And so somehow there was an association with Samara and the horses going crazy and killing yeah. themselves and drowning themselves. I'm not sure what Samara's supernatural power is to do that, but. Well, and she says in the tape that she can, um, that she likes hurting people or something yeah. along those lines, you know? And I think that basically she was projecting all that like crazy shit onto her parents, driving them crazy, driving the horses crazy. And it leads to Anna Morgan, you know, like putting the bag over her head and throwing her down the well. Yeah. I mean, I thought the video was daddy issues gone too far, Which, but it really seemed what an like an efficient way to kill someone, you know? I don't know why she had to put the bag over her head. She could have just pushed her into the well, to be honest. I mean, she was going to put the lid on it anyways, yeah. right? Yeah, what's the point? Does it die? You know what? I will say, after this scene in the cabin and like uh, Naomi Watts learns, quote unquote learns, because she doesn't know either how the fuck it works. Um, learns how everything works and who Samara was and feels like she needed to free her. Um, I did appreciate when they're sitting there and being like, how long could you live down there? And she says, seven, seven days. days. <laughs> oh. I was like, oh, that's why? <laughs> A full week. So nice. Um now we know yeah but now even then there's no real closure and then the movie at the very end with the tape continuing to circulate kind of says like there is not going to be any closure for this i actually really appreciated that okay I was like, oh, okay i thought that was a pretty appropriate ending um 
especially if this is some sort of commentary on like the consumption of media, specifically television, like there's no stopping that machine, you know? You can't stop a uh, spam email, man. You're not going to stop it. It will continue no. to circulate. Yeah. Cause it also TV and media consumption in general, just like it, it, it touches some very human need for us, I think. Hmm. You know, Entertainment, know keeping your mind busy, feeling yeah. connection, maybe emotion. It, it human connections and you know? evokes emotion from people. Because character specifically is what, you know, captivates people. Yeah, that could be it. So we get to the end of this movie and I had quite a few questions i want to get to i want to ask you these questions to see if if you had similar ones but the first one i wanted to point out um you know great acting by naomi watts i think exceptional acting by aiden uh like yeah the kid is so kid was so weird he actually reminded me you know those fake posts that people write um on twitter and facebook by parents who who are like Today, my kid recited the theory of uh, quantum relativity backwards and then told yeah. me I would live and prosper. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Those fake ass fucking dick riding their own kid. Posts. That was Aiden is he is that he's a but alive. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. he's a crazy boy. So my questions. Like, he is more emotionally mature than his absent father. Like, in the car, it felt like he was giving his dad a the therapy. Yeah. Like, yeah. A therapy uh, session. Because he's like, yeah, I didn't want to be an absent father like my father. And I was like, that's exactly what he Yeah. And then Aiden was like, uh, but you are my dog. Yeah, he's giving him, like, this, like, really? <laughs> really? Salute to you, dad, but you're gone. So, my questions. What is the significance of the video other than to just people watch it and then die? Um, well, like I said, like I think, I think I talked about that already. I think it's like a whole thing sure. about media consumption. How was the video made? How did it get out? That's a great question. <laughs> so <is> the video, <laughs> there are no cameras. They say it. there's no cameras in the tape. How was the tape created? Where did it come from? If was it how long ago did Samara die? And were there even cameras around when that oh, because yeah, Morgan was still alive, so the dad was still around. Yeah, it seems like she died like not too long ago. No, I don't know where exactly the videotape came from because nobody was recording her doing any of those things. Like no one was recording her spinning the chair upside down. And also was she yeah. editing this video in the well? I didn't see a production studio. Yeah, her there. death has nothing to do with video. So if anything, like why isn't it like a rogue horse that's murdering people? Or why aren't wells just popping up? I, I don't really understand the, the, the connection between Samara and videotapes. You no. know? And I didn't understand. So it's like, a supernatural video. It came out of nowhere. I mean, it's definitely supernatural. She crawled out of a TV. Uh, why didn't Samara just target bad mothers if it was her mom that killed her <laughs> instead of everybody? Um, how does <laughs> what was going through Rachel's head when she thought 
pulling her out of the well and burying her would solve any of the problems. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I would have been holding that thing and been like, oh, what now? What? Yeah. And this is one that you already brought up. Why were the police not more involved? Um, did I bring that up? I, uh, yeah. You did. You were like four people died at the same high school and no one seemed to care. <laughs> yeah. Nobody was like, oh, is this connected? Huh? Um, yeah. And then the police, what do you tell the cops when they show up? I hate when you write cops into a story because cops ruin everything. So if you bring them into your story, all of a sudden now you have everything's in their control. Right. Right. So, so when the cops show up at the end, how are they like, how did you guys know that there was a body in the well in the middle of this under the floor of this cabin? You know? Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And they're in most of the time when they're involved in these types of movies, they think one of the protagonists is behind it. So they're kind of chasing the protagonist at the same time and creating more conflict than there really needs to be. And also like if they knew who, do they know who Samara was and they can easily link that to her fucking adopted dad, who if they go and tell, hey, we found your kid's body, they're going to find him electrocuted in a bathtub by the biggest equipment he could find. <laughs> like, So then that should lead to now we have two dead bodies on our hands. Like, what's going on here? And then if that takes them to the doctor who yeah. Samara like who treated Samara, they're going to be like, wait, what? Somebody was around asking you about Arthur Morgan and or whatever his name is yeah. and his daughter. And it was Naomi Watts. Like maybe they have something to do with all these deaths, you know, like it's it, it, bringing cops into your story is never a good idea unless you're going to slaughter them like you do in Halloween. And then my last one was just kind of what what is the connection between Samara and TV? Yeah, I I don't know. I, yeah. I asked that. I have no idea. Yeah. So, um, like, why is she the patron demon of TVs? Did she ever even see a TV? Oh, there was a TV in her loft. In, in her loft, she, yeah. She was just staring at it, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think uh, she watched? You watch Barney? <laughs> My Little Pony, probably. Yeah. <laughs> That's why she wanted to kill him so bad. <laughs> was My Little Pony? I wonder if that was even around in 2002. 2002 was a long time ago. We're old. It was 20 years ago, to be exact-ish. So that's kind of what we think about The Ring. Let's hear from the critics and audience. Let's get into the reviews. wow who knew we'd have so much to say about the ring huh i mean look it was a groundbreaking movie i think it it provided a lot to movies like paranormal activity you know we kind of we talked about it a little bit before the pod you know very influential for sure i think so i think so it gave a light to being okay with it not having to make a slasher movie or a just movie that's solely focused on murder and death i mean certainly that was the conflict in the movie is that i'm going to die but 
there was a little bit more depth to that um instead it wasn't exactly a gore fest or anything yeah yeah but all exactly. the bodies are heavily disfigured um yeah they only show just, really the one and that which the cops cool. would not have more questions about how these oh so the bodies actually look bloated like as if they've been inundated in a well for a long time yeah yeah they're you know, that's why they're always wet yeah 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 okay not sure how but you know yeah <laughs> they like open the the closet and they find katie in there and they're like how did she get so wet in this closet <laughs> and the cop's just like i don't know and that's when you call Mulder and scully baby that's what they should have done or rachel yeah the Who beginning for of pi this movie straight up could be like the cold open to an x-files episode you know i i haven't uh i haven't watched i think i've maybe seen one episode of the x-files so that's something i should spend my time doing yeah, I it's probably one of my favorite shows of all time. Oh wow. I watched one episode of Twin Peaks. I didn't get it. Favorite shows ever. <laughs> I didn't get it. Yeah, it's it's it takes some work to get into Twin Peaks. I'll say that. Um I think I've but, watched the first episode three or four times and I still don't get it. Yeah, you gotta keep going. That's why you gotta keep going. What up? Is it on a platform? Weird. And then, yeah, I think I don't remember what I think it's on Hulu. And so is X. Um, But Twin Peaks, for what it's worth, gets really good after, in my opinion, after you watch the movie. Uh, So what do I do? I have to watch the show before the movie or the movie before the show? I this is probably very controversial. But at the risk of upsetting any other Twin Peaks fans, I think you should watch season one first and then watch Firewalk with me because Firewalk with me is awesome. The movie and it's a prequel and then watch season two because season two kind of gets ruined like David Lynch, the creator leaves and it kind of is left to the devices of other people. And so it kind of becomes a silly parody of itself like a shitty version of Twin Peaks, which is interesting in and of itself. And then uh, 20-something years later, season three comes out with David Lynch as the showrunner again, and it is fucking awesome. Okay. Season three is awesome. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of work to get into. And and so is X-Files. Like these are, there's nine seasons of that show and there's two movies. Uh, So, you know, they're not for the faint of heart. If you really want, to like dive into something they're definitely interesting but they're not for everybody my sister hates twin peaks god bless you why does she hate twin peaks because it's weird like david lynch doesn't really have a direct answer um he's more of a visual artist and so he leaves a lot of things open-ended story-wise you know and um that can be something that makes that you like or and that can be something that you absolutely despise so mm. yeah mm, critical there's thinking. a lot of questions that twin peaks and that twin peaks poses that literally never get satisfactorily answered hmm. all right but that's like it you know it's more about the feeling the atmosphere than it is about what you're actually the story itself all right well, I'll check it out, but you know what? 
uh, the critics are feeling. They're feeling I'll get off a, my soapbox now. Yeah, <laughs> they're feeling a seventy-one percent um, on the ring, and uh, you know that's pretty high for for a horror for a thriller movie. So let's see what this first person has to say from Cinema Singles. Oh, sorry, <laughs> Cinema Singles in your area. No, this is from <laughs> Cinema Signals, which they say the cinematography by Boyan Bazelli is thoroughly atmospheric, making a sharply incisive visual contribution to the theme of demonic powers. Three out of four. Boom. They love the yeah. cinematography, which you talked about, um, that you kind of liked in specific with, scenes. Yeah. Uh, I, I think overall, the cinematography does a really good job of like setting a tone. Um, and I really... and I th- like I said, that's that scene when she sees the the when she watches the video specifically really drew me into the movie. So, yeah, I agree. I agree with cinema singles in your area. <laughs> this next one, the Atlanta Journal Constitution, the boo factor is way up there, a nine on the scale of 10. But the make sense factor is something like a three at best. <laughs> C plus talks like that. <laughs> the Atlanta Journal Constitution. Yeah. This so, next one. I don't think did you were you scared? Was this was this a, were you scared? No. This- no, no, but it it did give you a little bit of an uneasy feeling cuz you were so in you were kind of in you were just like you didn't know what was happening the entire time. Yeah. And not in a way that I can't follow this plot. I don't know what's happening. Just you didn't know why it was happening to these people. You didn't know where it was coming from, why this entity mm-hmm. was haunting. And so it was mysterious. It, yeah, it it, yeah. it was mysterious. Eber Generally, and- are you a person that gets scared in movies? Have you ever been like frightened in a film? When when I was a, a little kid, I would definitely get frightened. The the movie that scared me the most when I was a kid was actually, gosh, I'm trying to remember, but it was a movie we watched in music class in elementary school. And it had puppets. It was a musical with puppets. And, oh, man, I can't remember the name of it right now, but that freaked me out. There was a witch puppet and just the normal puppet in general was super creepy. And any time that I went to the bathroom in the middle of the night or something as a little kid and had to walk down the hallway, I would sprint down the hallway to get to the bathroom. The movie that scared me the most when I was a kid was Darkness Falls. Did you ever watch that? No. It's like uh, it's about an evil tooth fairy. (laughs) She specifically comes around when it's dark. So like when I was a kid, yeah, and I had to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, just like you, I would run there and, you know, like turn the light on before. Yeah. The movie that again now you should. The movie that scares me. Uh, or kind of kept me up at night the most as an adult was probably there's something about Mary. Terrifying. Yeah. Just the scene where his like zipper gets stuck. You know, we've all been there, but actually um, as an adult, the mentally ill person is specifically. (laughs) Have you seen my baseball? Yeah. We've all been there. Um, Yikes. the uh <laughs> yeah that's why it keeps <laughs> me up at night was how has this movie not been canceled yet 
the movie that actually uh, kept me up at night for a few times was the movie Hereditary, which actually qualifies for our uh, podcast. But I will be completely honest with you. I'm never going to watch it again. I've watched it twice and it's terrifying. It's terrifying. I really enjoyed that movie and I agree. It is scary. This the scene that gets me is towards the end when you know, the last 10 minutes of the movie when everything is unfolding inside the house and he the main character turns around and in his closet there's just a naked dude standing there and then just the naked dude is just standing there staring at him and then sprints off. Yes. That's kind of yeah. that got me for a while cuz there are a lot of unanswered questions in that movie for sure agreed um i i yeah that movie is freaky as fuck and they do a really (laughs) great job of like setting the atmosphere and leading up to that shit you know oh yeah Uh, i really enjoy it yeah i think that's great i love a good scary movie i i love feeling like a little a little frightened a little scared generally i don't though it's tough um but this movie this movie, I thought, did a good job of creating a spooky atmosphere. Nine you know? out of ten on the boo. The yeah, boo the factor. Boo fact, the boo factor is way up there. <laughs> so this next one, Ebert and Roper, uh, they say, it's the kind of effectively creepy, scary thriller that has you fixating on a far corner of the screen at times because your nerves just can't take it anymore, which we kind of just talked about. This next one from your boy from the grave, Roger Ebert. He says... Rarely has a more serious effort produced a less serious result. He didn't like it. He gave it a 50 Uh, out of 100. Was it actually Roger Ebert? It was. It was. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I feel like Roger Ebert probably doesn't really like a lot of spooky movies. Yeah. We'll have to ask him one day. And then this last one, I think kind of sums it up a little bit. From the Salt Lake Tribune, a script seemingly built from pieces of other scary movies still comes off as fresh and original. Three and a half out of four, which I kind of agree with a little bit. So we kind of from from every from going through all the critic reviews overall, there was a lot of mentions of beautiful cinematography, a lot of mentions of great acting. Most of the critics mentioned that this was sort of a shot by shot copy of the original Japanese version. And that might be what's keeping it at such a high score, because I think people really enjoyed that Japanese version. And then the American rendition on top of it, they felt that it did it justice. So uh, the critics kind of like the fresher. They like the fresher story without the cheap scares and uh, the more complex storyline than the, the normal slash them up. I mean, I, I, I'm with them. I'm with them. I, are you, do you think that you'd watch the Japanese uh, version? I would. Yeah. I would definitely watch it. Yeah. If I could find it. Yeah. I'm, uh, I really want to, too. I think I'm going to, I've been also meaning to watch this other movie called Haosu. Um, I think, you know, there's just a lot. There's like, there's some really good horror movies that come from the East. Very excited to watch. It's a scary place. So let's uh let's see what the audience has to say as a I reminder. Fucked, wait, hold on. I should rescind that. It's fucked up to call them the East because who who decided that? So heading into the audience reviews, as a reminder, critics 71%, audience 48%. This first one from our guy Luke. 
shit. I hate American remakes of famous Japanese horrors. One star. He's not a fan. Gambling. I wonder how it would affect us in our opinion if we had watched the Japanese one first. (laughs) But I overall enjoyed this. I agree. I enjoyed this. And it's also worth mentioning that of the American to the, you know, when this movie came out, it sort of led the way for other American remakes of Japanese movies, as we mentioned. And this was by far and away the most popular, the most successful, I would say. You have to keep in mind that a lot of like audience specific type people uh, are just fucking haters. Some people are just fucking haters and they're not going to enjoy something because it's popular or because it's a remake you know, because they're a quote unquote cinema bro. And it's like, yo, the original is better, bro. I mean, haters are my motivators. This next person, Imelda, uh, said, this is why I don't drink well water, four stars. Then we get to Emmanuel. Oh, yeah. Uh. What? You didn't <laughs> like that joke? This is why I don't drink well water. I wouldn't drink well water either. Like what else has fallen in there? Only stuff yeah. that's good for you. You know? We'll eat coli. Uh-huh. Dead teenager girl. Preteen girl. Yeah. All the same. Emmanuel says, this is a great underrated movie. Better than those Freddy Krueger and Jason things. Three stars. See, like, why do you have to be a hater? Why do you have to be a hater? <laughs> what's up with that what's up with that can't you just enjoy the movie (laughs) um (laughs) i don't i mean it's better than some of the freddy krueger and jason things some of them for sure hey what's up can you guys tell me what's up with this guy freddy krueger he's got knives in his fingers what's up with it how do you even pick your nose He doesn't even need to order a, a knife with his steak. He just uses his fingers. What's up with that? <laughs> Good one. Telling you. My stand-up tour is going to be pretty great. Just going to be Jerry Seinfeld impersonations and uh, going through one-star and five-star reviews of Amazon products. That's pretty much what it's going to be. That's solid. You know where there's like a good chunk of hilarious reviews is on like DoorDash apps and like Postmates. Really? Right on there. Yeah. (laughs) If you ever order, if you're going to order food, just like read those. That's so funny. Like the comments on the restaurant or the app? Yeah. On the restaurant. Comments on on the restaurant on the app. Hmm. They're great. Like, because who wants, who does that? Who's going to spend time to give a whole thing on Postmates? It's only if they had a bad time. Yeah, exactly. 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 No one's so just my food came up. exactly how I ordered it. Five stars. Yeah. Delicious. Everything is exactly how I liked it. There are some of those, though. There are people that are like, good food. <laughs> those aren't real people. You got to love it. This next person, Kramer, wrote, The Ring was Kramer? an intru- the Ring was an intriguing horror film that kept my attention throughout. The suspense was enticing and the plot was motivating. I feel, you know what? That's a good way to put the plot, motivating. The only thing this movie lacked was the scary factor, which unfortunately is a pretty big deal in horror films. If it had included something that sparked even the tiniest bit of terror, 
This movie would have stolen the show three stars. Damn. Damn. Well, I mean, it's the most cogent of the fucking uh, audience reviews. At least he has like an actual opinion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Instead of just fucking just saying shit. That was a uh, problem with 2002 really, is people hadn't him? really formulated their brains yet. Yeah. I mean, it was just a different time, you know? But I feel like this guy, again, like j- you're like just trying to be a hater or you're trying to show that like, well, bro, you're so cool that this didn't scare you at all. Like, what a huge fucking dick you have, bro. I'm sure I'm sure you're such a dude. Like, what a guy. What a fucking man, you know? Yeah, oh, way to clap back. This, I was a, this didn't fucking scare me. Yeah, how about a, a scary movie that's, like, actually scary? Like, fuck off. Like, you don't have any... You don't have to fucking impress anybody. Just... Did you like the movie, bro? No? Cool. Man. I'm I'm keeping that as like a promo. That was incendiary. I can feel the fire, I, like that fly coming through the screen right now. Ooh. It's just like, come on. It's like, yeah, it would have been cool if it was like actually scary, you know. Which like horror movies actually need to be scary if they want to even be like a scary movie. So, like, if something that even sparked a tiny bit of scary, the movie would have definitely stolen the scary show. But uh, it was intriguing and it kept my attention throughout. So. It was uh, motivating. I feel motivated after watching this movie. I felt enticed. The suspense. Yeah. I'm thinking about recording myself, maybe doing some type of video podcast forum, and then <laughs> hearing my thoughts on it, and and then making people listen oh, to it, and then them dying in seven days. Oh shoot! That's what we wow. do. Friday. Damn it! Damn! Full oh. circle. You're right. We're not. We're no better than this guy. I didn't We're say that. Worse. I didn't say that. <laughs> Full circle. The ring <laughs> comes right back to us. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this guy was kind of right. The audience, they, it was, they, they ranked it low because of either the Japanese version was better and America sucks. It wasn't scary. Or the plot made no sense. And the reason the other 50%-ish ranked it high was because they said the exact opposite things. It was it was pretty by the books reviews here. So, so what 70, are your final thoughts? 71% critic, 48% audience. The real rating. Real ranking. Let's go. Oh yeah. Oh all right. Yeah. So who 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 wants to go first? Well, welcome to the real rating. Um, this is where we give every movie we take a look at a zero through one hundred percent, similar to Rotten Tomatoes, and one hundred percent being the best movie we've ever seen in our entire lives, like Die Hard, a zero, a movie that probably could have been good but was never released like Batgirl on HBO Max. So, with that, I can go first. Okay. My real rating. The more that we talked about it, I originally had a number and I'm going to change my number as I feel that we normally do. 
I'm going seen- to give this movie a 60 out of 100. And that is because I enjoyed that it was not a slash em up murder fest. There was a little bit of intrigue, some detective work. I love the kind of detective puzzling things out, challenging your mind a little bit while you're watching the show. It didn't, though the the pieces of the puzzle puzzle fell right in place. The pieces of the puzzle fell right in place, um, you know, pretty easily. There still was a little bit left open for interpretation, which I appreciated. The reason it doesn't get anything more is because there were so many plot holes and really no desire to want to fill them. So I give this movie a 60 out of 100. What are you giving it? All right. Okay. I feel like that is fair. Although I feel like I liked it a little bit more than you did. Um, I really enjoyed the cinematography, the fact that this movie had like style, you know, it wasn't, it didn't look like everything else. Um, you did bring this up. It did have that like green hue of like the mate of like the matrix movie, like in 1999 and like the early two thousands for some reason, people movies did that, but but I found the style to be very cool. It was definitely helpful with setting the atmosphere, setting the tone of the film. I really enjoyed Naomi Watts in the movie and uh, the pacing for me, you know, like it moved along at a, at a pace where I was following and I was just as curious about figuring out what the fuck was happening as uh, Naomi Watts' character was. The flaws, though, I think are that the movie definitely in it being mysterious uh was also a little vague i thought some things were a little bit too vague i had like a lot of questions that weren't fully answered i still don't really know if i understand samara um which is but ultimately that's fine because i felt like i was satisfied with the conclusion um and and it was i didn't i mean i i, I don't get scared bro you know, like movies don't really like scare me a lot because I'm a big, tough guy. But I thought this was pretty. Fu- I thought it was fun. I thought it was creepy, which I enjoyed. And um, so, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to be a little bit easier than you on this. I'm going I'm to give it a 70. Out of 100. Wow. OK, because, you know, like we're just two like total bros that don't get scared in movies, dude. Like we're. Yeah, we have a different point of view, bro. <laughs> Yo, you know, the other thing I didn't get about this movie, like. Where were the dudes at? You know what I mean? Like, why didn't they just fight back? Like, they could have beat up that girl. You know what I mean? Like, when she came through the TV, that dude was such a wimp about it. You know what I mean? If that girl had come through my fucking TV, I would have kicked her in the fucking balls, bro. (laughs) (laughs) There's no fucking way you're getting that much water on my floor, bro. I just cleaned in here. I didn't clean. My dad pays for a maid to come once a month, and she just oh, cleaned. Shit. And I would have kicked your ass for that because, bro, you're Chad, your dad is awesome. <laughs> I know, man. He's so cool. His new wife or uh, his new girlfriend is pretty cool too. She's like the same age, and she like totally. Yeah, gets well, me, I think she was in like high school with us, bro. Like, yeah, so cool. She was a total fart knocker in high school, though. <laughs> Dude, I got this great video to show them. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah, What's dude, it about? Like, 
But like we don't get scared. So no, like, I am never been scared. We're, dude, we, we're gonna scare the shit out of her. Hell yeah! <laughs> what a journey, bro. What a journey it's been. Anyways, you want to like backpack through like fucking Cambodia with me? <laughs> yeah, man. I'll bring the ayahuasca, dude. We'll 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 have a great time. We're gonna Some Shaolin stuff. monks and shit. Hell yeah, dude. And prostitution is legal there. <laughs> Fine, dude. That's a nut. Can we? Okay. Can we talk about why prostitution is not legal in the American United States? Okay. Look, bro, what happened to freedom? Right? Freedom to bear this dick. You know what I'm saying? That's my First Amendment. Right? My number one unit. You know? Prostitute, bro. Dude, just tax it. Okay, just tax it. It'd be completely illegal. You know what I mean? Like, what? These are, like, totally real guys. There's, like, totally real dudes that think this way. There's no reason I can't go to a brothel, pay in Bitcoin, and get high as balls. You know what I mean? Anyways, bro, I gotta go. I gotta go listen to Donda again. I right, yeah. love that album. <laughs> Hit us on Venmo Cash App. My, my Venmo Cash App is at Hoser Loser. You can follow us at EARC Pod. Be sure to catch all of our other episodes wherever you get your podcasts. You know, I just want to give a big old fucking thanks. Like a total, I just want to dab all y'all up that listen to us and reach huge out to dab, us. Like, I want to give you a huge fucking huge bear hug for y'all, dog. It's uh, it's always nice to hear that uh, we've made you laugh a little Shout bit. Shout out so. to all the kings and queens out there listening, bro. For sure, for sure. Shout out to all the kings and queens. Anyways, uh, my name is Thad. Uh, you can find me at Hoser Loser here with my bro Chad at John B. <laughs> Today we stood divided along critics and audience lines, but remember, I don't know, bro. bro you were kind of one of the narkies. You were upsetting me. Remember, dudes, at the end of the day. <laughs> Everyone's a real critic. Real critic. Real critics, bro. I think if I talk like that for any longer, my my vocal cords would die. That was tough. It's tough to be a bro. Look, my voice is cracking already. Bro, like, you have to, like, go to the gym and shit. Brachen. <laughs> oh, wow. We really set ourselves up with that intro, huh? The bro sif and the bro hang and the bro rock bro bama. Welcome to the bro. Okay. Okay. <laughs>